Hello, welcome to Let's Catch Up. I'd love to start the episode by apologizing for not having a new episode last week. Truly so sorry. Want to say a couple things up top before we get into the meat of the episode. First off, no disrespect to Prince William. She's coming in hot this week. Uh, If those are the kind of biceps women in the UK are freaking out about, remind me to never go across the pond. Cheerio. Okay. He's the size of them. Uh, Anyway, uh, everyone's secretly going to the chapel. Justin Hartley and not Chriselle got married. Ariana Grande and her real estate man, also not Chriselle, ironically, um, got married secretly at her house in Montecito. We discuss. Um, Monique Coleman and Corbin Blue are being reunited for a Hallmark film. And you have to wonder why this doesn't happen more often. Because when the One Tree Hill cast did it, I loved that as well. Um... Kimberly is being sued by her house or her groundskeepers rather uh, but we're not going to go to the corner because it's a third party situation and she didn't pass her first year bar exam so now doesn't feel like the time. Uh, gonna briefly discuss the Billboard Music Awards and whatever's happening with Amazon. Um, I guess I'm gonna touch on whatever's happening with Taika and Rita Ora but I'm gonna do it gingerly because I don't know that I want to get involved. Also people are like screaming about a Nickelodeon reboot and I guess I'm gonna have to watch it now to be on the right side of history but I watched a lot of other things. I'm gonna talk to you about them. It's like a lot of documentary content. I'm not mad and then you know I listen to Sour non-stop and I have thoughts. Let's catch up. Thank you. Not next because she's married. Wow. Congratulations to Ariana Grande. Uh, She's a married woman and she looked great. Would love to discuss small details with you all. Ponytail. Check. Small bow. Check. Upside down earrings as an homage to her upside down era and how things have been upside down in her life. But she is still killing it. Check. Some arm tattoos covered up, but not all of them. Interesting, but check. A chic Audrey Hepburn-inspired Vera Wang gown that Vera herself promised to design. Check. Waterfall flowers from the ceiling. Check. We love it. May 15th. Ariana gets married to her real estate boo in their Montecito home. My favorite thing about celebrity culture is that anytime you read about this wedding, people say in like her $6.5 million Montecito home. Like, The value of her home does not matter today. She's literally marrying a real estate agent. (laughs) Um, Anyway, rumors were flying for like the week right after the wedding, but we didn't have any photographic evidence. TBH didn't hate it. I was enjoying the mystery. I loved them having a moment that we weren't part of. The rumors from around the time of the wedding were that these like huge grass walls were put in around the home and that bird noises were pumped in like security, privacy. We dig. Um, less than 30, less than 30, it was less than 20, which is less than 30. But anyway, uh, family and friends were there for the ceremony. I'm always amazed at people who can whittle it down like that. So truly congrats to them on that. Um, both of her parents walked her down the aisle, which if you know anything about Ariana, you know, it's a big deal. Her relationship with her father has been rocky over the years, which is why the lyrics in thank you next say, I'm gonna walk down that aisle, the aisle, that aisle. I don't know. And she says, holding hands with my mama. So it was sweet that her father could be there and they both walked her down the aisle. Um, Her shoes were insane. Okay, I'm consistently in all of the platforms she chooses to and is capable of wearing. Congrats, girl, on those. If you haven't seen an image, you should just look it up. I hope she transitioned into perhaps a flat or or, um, a lower heel 
for the dancing portion of the ceremony. Tableskips, beautiful. Apparently, they knew they always wanted to get married at home. So, you know, also congrats to them on not having to select a venue. And maybe she'll take some time with her new husband and not make a new album right away. I'll take it, but I just get so worried about her pace that she's going to burn out, guys. I worry constantly. Just like I would worry about my ankles if I was in their shoes. Wow. Okay, quick Billboard Music Awards recap. Nothing, nothing crazy. Pretty cool, pretty chill. The nice thing about the Billboard Music Awards is that it's not like, who's going to win? It's like literally based on data. And they um, award a lot of legend, which is great. Um, definitely gave us more normal award show vibes, even though everything was like outdoors. There were like crowds of people. Very cool. Pink is twisting through the sky with her daughter accompanying. I mean, if you guys have not seen the clip of her and her daughter doing their like aerial twists and turns together. I mean, if you have something stuck in your eye and you need to cry, watch it. It's so cute. Her daughter sings like part of the song with her. They're just twisting through the sky and they look like they're having the best time. Just like a little mother daughter moment and like the rest of us got to watch. I don't think as a society we recognize Pink as much as we should. And maybe she likes it that way. Honestly, she's a family. She's not trying to take over Ellen's talk show or anything like that. She's fine. But oh, did y'all see that Kelly Clarkson is getting that spot? So interesting. Um, speaking of children, Drake brought Adonis on stage. Adonis was wonderfully well-behaved, clearly very overwhelmed. I think he's three or four. I can't remember. He's just, like, hanging out. He's, like, holding onto his dad's leg. He's like, why are all these strangers staring at me? And he's definitely overwhelmed, but he was being so good. And he looked over to Drake's friends, and he started to leave. And they were like, come on. And they were definitely like, come on, bud, whatever. And then right as he was doing that, Drake was like, I want to dedicate this award to him and like picked up Adonis and Adonis was like, no, no, I wanted to go over there. I did my best. I want to go hang out with my friends and now I'm dangling in the air in front of all these strangers. He's not at Pink's daughter's level yet, clearly, but so precious. I also always forget how funny Drake is and I'm always pleasantly surprised, less pleasantly surprised by that heart in his hairline, but whatever the man loves love. Um, remember when he said he loved Rihanna and now Aesop Rocky is like, I'm ready to have babies with her. She is so powerful. Okay. Never forget. Less powerful the Jonas Brothers. Guys, I have loved those boys since I was a preteen. I've been to more Jonas Brothers shows than any other artist. And yet seeing them with Marshmallow did very little for me. The song was giving me like great summer vibes. I know Nick had a cracked rib or whatever, but like sometimes I just feel like they're forcing it. Um, they also didn't present Morgan Wallen with his award or allow him to perform due to his brush with cancellation and racism, but it is what it is. We all still know who he is, you know? Business corner, business time, business bureau. Guys, I just feel like I should discuss the acquisition of MGM by Amazon, but like, Y'all know I don't know what this means. You also know that I don't know what 8.45 billion means. Billions. As in the show with The Rock that Elizabeth Warren watches. Billions. I started reading articles about it. I was like, God, how dull. But people kept being like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Huge deal alert. Wee -wee and I was like, okay. And then as I was reading them, I was like, is this what people in Hollywood talk about in bars? 
the main thing is the idea that this could really boost Prime Video, whatever that means. Like, we're in a constant streaming war, Netflix being the OG, HBO Max really churning out the content these days. Can't look away from Kate Winslet vaping as she passes a Wawa. I'm being serious, guys. Mayor of Easttown really is that girl. Anyway, Amazon is always coming at us from all angles. I think more than we all realize. I forget about the ownership of Whole Foods or the fact that I even actually pay for Prime. Two-day shipping isn't just like the default. Um, Same-day shipping, also that girl. Um, I know the politicians are mad. Um, It feels like Spotify to me now, though. You know, it's just like a given. People keep asking about James Bond, and to tell you the truth, I know nothing, okay? Amazon only will own half of the James Bond situation because a sibling duo owns the other half. I'm not making this up. They also control casting. The woman's last name is Broccoli. So, again, I know nothing. Like I said, the politicians are mad because of monopolies or whatever. I didn't pay attention to an econ in high school or college. Fun fact about me. Um, I'm with the side of TikTok that's convinced we can just print more money. And if you think I'll listen to you trying to explain to me that that's incorrect, la, 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 la. I'm a little bit Alexis. Doesn't seem to me like there will be an immediate impact because a lot of the things produced by MGM are tangled in other deals or other networks. That's so going to take a while. I enjoy that many people's brains went to the outtakes of The Apprentice that MGM knows because of the belief that Donald Trump has said the N-word on said tapes, which like he definitely has allegedly, alleged, allegedly, allegedly. But like, I don't know why anyone needs to hear it. Like, it's not going to change anybody's opinion of him on either side. You know what I mean? It's such a bizarre obsession to me. Uh, In things we know exist from the MGM, there's the Jennifer Hudson Aretha uh, Franklin biopic, which I'm sure will be grand. There's also the Gucci movie we keep seeing photos from with Adam Driver and Lady Gaga. My hope is that I can finally watch all the seasons and all the episodes of The Housewives because NGN owns them. And if I'm going to pay for free shipping, I should also get to watch the ladies of Potomac and Salt Lake and Beverly Hills all in one place. God bless America. Just going to ask a quick cue here because I really don't want to get too involved. I feel like everyone's talked about it and... I just, yeah, I don't know. Um, Are we supposed to pay more attention to the Taika Waititi, Rita Ora, Tessa Thompson thing or less attention? That's my question. Um, If you weren't already familiar, I briefly mentioned weeks ago, I was like, LOL, apparently Rita Ora and Taika Waititi are dating. And then I just like moved on with my life because I thought it was weird, but not enough to like really talk about. But then this past week, he is shooting whatever Thor movie, Thor, you know, takes over the world, probably is what it's called. Probably. I don't know, guys. Um, and Tessa Thompson is in that film. And he's shooting it in, mm, she wants to say Australia. So that's what she's going to say. She doesn't think it's New Zealand. So we're going to say Australia. And um, Rita Ora is doing The Voice Australia. So, you know, they're hanging out, which makes sense. And then some paparazzi captured a photo of them behind a railing where Rita, Taika, and Tessa... Okay. (laughs) Honestly, sounds like... um, That sounds more like a made-up superhero movie than Thor. Um, Anyway, they were, like, canoodling behind a railing. And the paparazzi got photos of it. 
and people are like are they someone multiple people have said like Rita and Tessa kiss and then they both kiss Tyka I don't know like I can't tell from the photos that I saw in the Daily Mail because I'm a garbage person and I wasn't gonna zoom in because truly nothing feels worse um but like I don't know that this is like a thruple but I re- I saw an article the other day that was like, should we normalize thruples? And it was using them as an example. And I was like, I don't think they're a thruple. I don't know what's going on. But I just feel like we have not really seen a situation like this with like a celebrity couple and someone else and especially another like well-known celebrity. So I feel like we're all fascinated. But there was a man sitting over to the side that Tessa Thompson was photographed with either the day before or the day after as well that people were like oh maybe they're a thing I don't know it seems like we should we we need a lot more context and a lot more answers but we're not going to get it because it's these people's private lives and like we don't deserve that which is fair Uh, I've also seen some people throw out that like they saw the paparazzi and they were like doing all this for the camera I don't know the idea and the rumor is that Taika throws these like all night like ragers which is so crazy that you're telling me that this man that's a director of a film is throwing these like parties that I guess are like they start on Saturday night they go literally all night long and the the photos were taken like after one of those parties so like they could have very easily still been like high on you know insert your Australian drug of choice here I don't know but I don't I have a feeling that we're not going to be able to find out anything else unless they're photographed all three of them holding hands walking down the Australian streets hey quick question why are we banning chairs on sets um, so there was a rumor last year that Christopher Nolan banned chairs on the set of Tenet, which I still haven't seen. Um, should I? Let me know in the comments. Just kidding. I absolutely, y'all, you know, never mind. Okay. Um, there was a rumor that said that he banned chairs and basically said that people couldn't sit on his set. I suppose it was in an effort to combat laziness. I don't know. And, and sloth-like behavior. Sounds abusive to me, but whatever. It was debunked. But the reason that it's resurfaced is that Zack Snyder, who I know almost exclusively because of the Snyder Cut, and also the fact that his wife was on this wild campsite media podcast about a Hollywood scam where someone was pretending to be her. It's called Chameleon, in case you're wondering. Wild doesn't even begin to cover it. Um, Anyway, he recently was doing press for this film, Army of the Dead, and he said he banned chairs. And I guess he was presenting it as like a little quirk, and he thinks it's great because he can be more interactive with his actors, and they don't have to wait for him to come from behind a screen and all that jazz, which is great, I guess, but also maybe ableist. Um, He says it's really intimate, which would be true for me because I would begin to lean on other members of the crew because I'm weak. Uh, The thing we don't know for sure is whether chairs are banned for, like, everyone. Presumably not for, like, makeup. (laughs) But we don't know if it's just Video Village. That seems really specific to me to just say, like, no chairs but just this area. I don't know. I feel like no one's sitting. He's the director, cinematographer, and camera operator on this film. So, like, obviously he never sits. But maybe if someone just had back surgery or something, they should be able to do so. 
Also, please know I'm speaking out of the side of my neck right now. The neck resting on someone because I can't stand for 12 hours a day. There could very easily be exceptions for people who need them. He hasn't made any further comments about the policy. He just threw the grenade and ran away. But people love geniuses and they love their art and the industry and whatever it takes to get you there. So if people can't sit, I feel like most people are going to be okay with it. Like I personally can't understand because if the McDonald's drive through is too long, I won't wait. Okay, my next question is, who's going so hard for Jeanette McCurdy? <laughs> and why? Okay, so uh, context before I yell about people being racist. iCarly is doing a reboot. It's coming to Paramount Plus in July. If you're surprised that I'm talking about this right now, so am I. Earlier this year, or honestly might have been last year, what is time, Jeanette McCurdy, along with multiple other random women in their mid-20s who acted in their teen years and now don't do it as much, said they were going to move on with acting. Um, obviously, fine. Like, genuinely no judgment. You're an adult and you should be able to do what you want and follow whatever dreams you have. And they might be different dreams than you had when you were 12. No judgment here. The girl that played Harper on Wizards of Waverly Place is quite literally a nurse now. I don't think she announced it, though. I think she just went to nursing school, which is the semi-annoying thing about Jeanette McCurdy and that girl from Hannah Montana. Like, I'm so sorry, but you're not Billie Eilish announcing you'll no longer play music. Anyway, she announced this prior to the announcement of iCarly reboot. So obviously, 2 plus 2 equals 4. She's not involved. Paramount instead cast Lacey Mosley, who, if you watch Black Lady Sketch Show or you listen last year when I went through Black People Podcasts that I love, Black People Podcasts, uh, Black Lady Sketch Show, Black People Podcasts, uh, but I discussed her podcast, Scam Goddess. She's working, okay? So she gets cast in the iCarly reboot as like a brand new character, I presume friends with Marina Cosgrove's character. Um, and let's be honest, it's because the original show was completely white and they tried not to do that anymore on TV because it's an effort to show diverse perspectives and grasp a, grasp a larger understanding of life and how it impacts all kinds of people. And the trolls just came out from under their bridge and began slamming her. And again, I ask, did Jeanette McCurdy send you? I doubt it. Leave this black woman alone. So much of it is like, you're not Sam, Jeanette McCurdy's character. And everyone's like, yeah, no, that was never the point. She's not meant to replace her. She's playing a new character. I think named Harper, oddly enough, like the Wizards of Waverly. Weird. Like Nathan Cress had a baby in between the time that the original ended and the reboot started. Y'all going to yell at that baby next? What is wrong with you people? The worst part about this whole story, if it can get any worse, the worst part is that Lacey has a teenage sister. I think she said she's 13 and she was the first one that like saw all of this on TikTok and like showed Lacey. She was like, all these people are being so terrible, like crying. So obviously Lacey's big mad, understandably, is an older sibling. I think those of us that are can get it. Like come for me all day. I don't care. I can take it. But like, what is this nonsense about you messing with the young one? Uh, for what it's worth, with absolute quickness, the iCarly account, the Paramount Plus account, Miranda Cosgrove, Jerry Trainer, that played the weird older brother, and the writer's room for iCarly said absolutely not get on with your racism before. I even had a chance to like fully read about the story. I was seeing people repost like Paramount Plus's statement. So I was like, you know, we wish it wasn't necessary, but we can appreciate a corporate, corporate statement in an instance when it's like so swift and with zero hesitation. So I guess now I have to watch the iCarly reboot. That's the real question here, I guess. Do I have to watch this? 
I guess I didn't even watch the original, really. But here goes nothing. As previously stated, HBO Max is that girl. So what are we watching? All of their content. Okay, we're going to start with this uh, documentary. It's two-parter, lengthy. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. But this is a, a good, like, Friday night. You're not going out because, like, although you may be vaccinated, you're still not trying to socialize that hard. You just bought a nice bottle of wine. You got a pizza. This is also for primarily, I believe, women who are not in relationships that I'm speaking to. But anyone can watch this. It's called Crime of the Century. It will bum you out and make you angry, but I learned a lot watching it. Recommend you do the same. It's about the opioid crisis. Yep, I know I just said that you should stay at home on a Friday night to watch this, but hear me out. The general vibe is it's called Crime of the Century because it's about the idea that it wouldn't be a crisis if there weren't people who continued to put, like, money and power and greed over the lives of actual human beings. Um, so it focuses on the people that have continued to allow it to exist and they're making money off of people struggling while also telling the stories of people and their families who have gone through these um, really painful um, addictions and have been, like, taken advantage of by this industry again not easy wouldn't describe it as delightful but I do think it's important especially if you don't consider yourself someone familiar with the whole epidemic um along the same lines in terms of like you know important but not particularly upbeat uh the new Oprah Prince Harry joint um I guess the two of them will be teaming up quite a bit uh, it's on Apple TV, not HBO. The me you don't see. First of all, I thought it was going to be just like an hour. They were going to chat. They were going to talk some to some other people. It's a multi-episode situation. There's like five out right now. I have not watched all of them. I do think it's important. If nothing else, seeing Oprah and Lady Gaga and Lynn, Glenn Close. Wow, her name's harder to say than I ever realized. Uh, Glenn Close, nine-time nominated, zero-time winning Oscar winner devastating um but it is i do think it's interesting to see them discuss their anxiety and their depression and it ends up being very empowering and lady gaga talks about how she was at a low point and they someone was like what did you do during that time and she said won an oscar and kind of laughed and so you know it's enjoyable um obviously the last year has been hard on so many of us and even if your aunt who doesn't believe in science or whatever thinks everything is fine and she's never changed how she lived for so many people the last year was isolating and a struggle in so many ways whether it was financial or emotional or physical so I think um wonderful is the wrong word to use but it's it's a good important insightful glimpse into the lives of people who are not necessarily like us um who are struggling you know they talk to a variety of people with a variety of different kind of um ways that they are dealing with anxiety and depression and mental health and, and how it is a crisis that needs to be um, addressed more often the whole narrative of prince harry like wants privacy but won't shut up is bollocks am i right am i right bollocks isn't it um and we all know it like people can simultaneously have privacy and use their platform for good it's not unheard of teaming up with oprah is a great way to use said platform i think heavy stuff but good stuff and you know we love to hear oprah talk about her life because i feel like she hasn't done that in a while she's just like gardening these days so um yeah, going to go ahead and tell you on Netflix, not Halston, TBH. Sorry that I even spoke about it the other week. Don't really understand why a show was made about him after watching the first episode and a half. 
it's probably a cute show or whatever, but maybe if it was actually fiction, just feel like we could make a TV show based on the life of literally any fashion designer at this point, discuss their tragic, tragic death, their bout with illness, their stubbornness that led to their success, you know, like it's not anything special in my opinion. I think he was just like a narcissist who believed that wearing like making a new fabric called ultra suede in literally like a button down collared dress was life changing. And now, and you know, made millions of dollars. FYI, Modern Love Season 2 will be back in August and um, on Amazon or, you know, Amazon. I don't know. Um, I got so many notifications about that acquisition. That's why I went and looked it up. I was like, I don't know what this means, but I guess I should look. Um, other quick thing. I watched the Friends reunion before I recorded because I knew it was important. And I will tell you guys the truth. I loved it. I'm sure I've said plenty of times before how much I love behind the scenes situations and bloopers and things of that nature because I'm nosy and I'm always invested in relationships behind the scenes, but it really was nice to see them all together and see how much they care about each other and how funny they are. Jennifer Aniston and Courtney Cox cried the whole time. David Schwimmer and Matt LeBlanc had me laughing. After watching the reunion, I was like, wow, I like David Schwimmer so much more than I like Ross. Like, he's so funny. Um, Lisa Kudrow is just the best. It's incredible to me that when I first started watching Friends, I was like, Jennifer Aniston, Rachel, goals, yes. And then you get to, you know, a certain age and you look at Lisa Kudrow and you're like, oh no, she's actually goals. Best laugh, just living her truth, the best. Um, I'm not like the biggest huge uh, Friends fan. Like I've watched it. I enjoyed it. I don't watch reruns or anything like that. Um, like I am part of the camp that's like, it is so white and a bunch of people living in New York city that never even seemed to struggle with money, but watching the reunion made me want to rewatch the whole series. It was really lovely. And I've been having a hard time trying to find something to watch because I just rewatched Veep again. So maybe I'll rewatch friends. Maybe this was their goal all along. They reveal some things. They honestly have some super random celebrity appearances, appearances that I don't even understand, but, um, and a lot of people felt like James Corden was bland as the interviewer, but I feel like he actually did his job, which was to occasionally facilitate conversation, direct us to the next surprise, but to let the six of them take the lead and guide the stories where they wanted them to go. Um, they, you know, all sat on set in the apartment, talked about their experience and their friendship. They reenacted in scenes that they loved. It was really quite lovely. It's very long. I'm not going to lie. It's like two hours. But if you're a Friends fan at all, I'm sure that you'll enjoy it as much as I did. And if you deeply love the show, you will probably cry. Okay, what are we watching? What are we listening to? What are we paying attention to? I think we all know it's me reverting to my teenage years. It's Olivia Rodrigo's album. This little girl dropped some bops. Every song on Sour is not my favorite, but it starts with Brutal and it's a great song and she's talented. So like we start off on a high. We're all familiar with the singles that have come out. Like the girly is, is here to stay. Um, straight up, like, doubt this is the last we hear from her. I said straight up and then immediately was like, but maybe, I don't know. <laughs> um, she can sing, which like, you know, you know, so many of y'all are gonna be mad at me, but this is what, you know, differs her from her goddess Taylor. I know everyone keeps comparing her to her because she loves her and like she considers her, she considers Taylor Swift a great inspiration in songwriting and leaving us Easter eggs. 
and she is a great songwriter just like Taylor is but like Olivia's got pipes and well you know she can just sing um it's why Taylor Swift should be writing bukus of songs for other people but that's a different conversation at a different time uh we all know driver's license you probably know deja vu good for you came out and just had us all yelling and screaming let me feel that 17 year old rage uh, there's a lot of speculation online that she'll be releasing an album entitled Sweet with all the lo- love songs that weren't on Sour. So that's interesting. And you know I love an internet conspiracy theory that's not um, terribly dangerous and reckless and gets people hurt. You know, I like an innocent one that's just like, this is what the internet's for, right? It's like, do you think she'll release another album? I feel like she might. It's not for like Bill Gates to cheat on his wife and for people to decide to storm national monuments. Um, I do hope that if there is an album entitled Sweet that they're not all slow ballady love songs because some of the slower stuff on Sour is good, but like the pop punk paramore, say that five times fast, (laughs) the pop punk paramore moments are my favorite. Like Good For You, sign me up, Jealousy Jealousy. She seems very like self-aware. She's like, I'm 17. I'm in an industry willing to take advantage of me. It doesn't feel like the other Disney pop stars from the pipeline. I don't know if it's like partially to do with the fact that she's willing to drop an F-bomb. I think that might be part of it because they used to just be all so squeaky clean, you know? It's like Sour's not giving you the youth and innocence of Hilary Duff or Selena Gomez in their first albums. It's giving you like young heartbreak, but like I have access to the internet and there's a lot to be angry about TBH. Like, um, it's great is my point of all of this. If you haven't already listened, you should. I also listened to Julie Michaels' new album after listening to Sour, which I know was delayed, but they feel very cut from the same cloth in a great way. And I'm just excited to see their careers progress and for them to win Grammys for a long time. So that's pretty cool. That's definitely something to keep an eye out for. Bestie. Bestie, thanks for catching up. I'm scared to tell you this. I don't want to tell you this, Bestie, but I'm about to go on a hiatus for the sum sum, okay? Sorry that I abbreviated summer. That's terrible. That was awful for all of us. It's a two-syllable word that I abbreviated into a two-syllable word. Um, yeah, I'm going to do one more episode next week, and then we're going on a little summer hiatus situation. I know that skipping last week and then telling you this news is probably very jarring. I'm just kidding. You're all like, okay. <laughs> um, but yes, we're going to go on a little hiatus. Um, you know, summer logistics. But this gives you a chance to go back and listen to that episode that you really enjoyed or tell your friends to or honestly forget about me until August it won't hurt my feelings we can both cleanse ourselves of each other just kidding I never want to cleanse myself of you either way I'll be back summer logistics and a podcast are just no bueno that also makes it sound like I'm gonna have like a crazy summer (laughs) look out guys um it's just earlier than last year because last year I kept making episodes to convince y'all to become fans of other black people last summer was a crazy town um some people's memories are also going to make them feel very awkward that they bought and never read white fragility which speaking of which you know buy books books written by black people about black people not white people about black people like you watch giada teach you about pasta for a reason you know 
Um, so I'm going to go now. I'm going to listen to Sour again. I'm going to watch the Hollywood Reporters Comedy Actors Roundtable because you all know those are my fave. Unfortunately, it was still via Zoom this year, but a great panel. Ted Danson, Lamorne, Ed Helms, Ben Platt, Chris Redd, Pete Davidson. I know I will laugh. Who doesn't love laughing? Also, really quickly, just in terms of laughing, something that I've been doing lately and I wanted to just mention it in the hopes that maybe you guys would find joy in the same way. If you're paying for Paramount Plus, which all of you just like clicked off the podcast, got it. So for the one person left that's also doing what I'm doing, um, Paramount Plus, because Viacom also owns Comedy Central. I said that with a lot of confidence when I didn't actually know for a fact. But you get access to a lot of Comedy Central and there's a bunch of stand-up specials that have never been allowed to be on Netflix um, on Paramount Plus. And it's been rather joyful, good for the abs. So would recommend you dig into that if you're already paying for it if you're not totally can't judge you like if you don't live for a cbs drama or the challenge it's probably not a good use of your money probably would just hold like a quibby size place in your heart you know (laughs) that's my favorite inside joke of people that listen to this podcast i need you guys to know quibby will never die because of us quibby forever because of let's catch up just kidding they don't pay me so bump that thanks for catching up bye